New Black Nation, your political digest with a Black conservative twist. Hello, everyone. Well, thank you for coming into another episode of New Black Nation podcast. My name is Brandon Wang. I'm Gregory Victorin. And we are here to talk to you about a couple of different issues. Um, as in our last podcast, we brought up a couple of different issues as well. Um, in today's segment, we're going to be talking about um, the infamous debate that everyone is talking about, or um, AKA shit show that everyone seems to be in somewhat agreement on. Um, we'll also be talking about um, the president and the first lady's diagnosis with COVID um, and what are maybe some of the implications and maybe speculative as to why um, that would have been brought out. And um, finally, we'll also be talking about um, our beloved King Face, who we all loved and from conservative media, um, who obviously was a very staunch Trump supporter, um, and a little bit of information around his death and some of the accusations that people were putting up in, you know, the trenches of it. You know, uh, King Face just passed away on Friday, um, and we we have people talking about everything that's going on, you know, on Saturday and Sunday or even while he was still sick up until his death. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, so let's get right on into it. Starting from the very beginning, as we usually do with our episodes, I'll pose out a question. This question will be a simple one because generally they're very um, loaded. But how did you feel about the debate, Greg? <laughs> well, you know, um... I don't know if you remember the last debate. I mean, the last discussion that we had, I had predicted, uh, predicted that, you know, that was going to be his strategy. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, you know, it's not 2016, you know, um, you know, people are face, uh, facing COVID-19 right now. And I think, all, you know, in all honesty, his strategy did not work. He 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 was too aggressive. Um, he did not, you know, give, you know, even the moderator the chance and opportunity to lead the way he was supposed to. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think you know um, anyone get out, um, anything out of it. Um, I don't think um, they convince anyone. Um, I think, you know, everyone's mind was already made up and this debate was for them to reach, you know, people that didn't make up their mind yet and people that are still trying to decide. And I don't think they're going to pull those people from this debate. So I think it was a, uh, a waste of time, um, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, and the whole point of a debate it's, it's not just to, you know, get ratings and, you know, make your base feel good. Like, I feel like, honestly, that's what the rallies are for. You know, it's just like, let's have some fun. Let's get a little crazy and start talking about, you know, and pushing everything out. That's great for a rally. That's great for an event, you know, a regular political event. But a debate, the purpose of a debate is to actually get people 
who are on the fence, on the fence voters, you know, independents, undecided voters, to who may just be, you know, real anxious about pulling the trigger for voting for you, to give them a chance to get to know a little bit more about you, um, and specifically know a little bit more about your policies so that the voters can feel more comfortable. Um, and the display from tonight's debate did not do that at all. And, um, you know, and, and it's a very unfortunate thing, you know, and this is where, you know, I will have a moment of saying, you know, I, I, I really expected more um, from Trump. I expected more from my president. And this is a moment where I would uh, criticize him on certain performance uh, situations. Um, because like you mentioned, it's it's too, like, it was way too too strong manning of the entire conversation and to your point you know he didn't even allow the moderator to do his job and moderate and i get it you know people are going to start coming on him strong and he's like no i don't want you to bring anything that i don't want to talk about but the eloquent part or the fun part about a debate and the actual challenge of a debate is to turn what other people are going to say against you and dress it up in a way to where you get people to understand where you're coming from. And you certainly don't do that by strong arming the conversation and not allowing either the moderator or your opponent to talk at all during the debate. Yeah, and you know, and, and I think, you know, if he had allowed, you know, Joe Biden to put his two cents in, you know, he would have easily, you know, um, defended, um, you know, you know, for, for the little that was said uh, on the stage, he was able to defend it and, you know, and oppose his own challenge. Um, but, you know, I'm not disappointed because I already expected this to come. I already knew this was coming. Um, his strategy was to show that Joe Biden was senior, that he was going to lose his thought, which, you know, Joe Biden started to a little bit. What he didn't understand is Joe Biden didn't have to say nothing. All he had to do is just show up. Right. I mean, and that really was a strategy there. And, you know, just, you know, take all of the hits from Donald Trump, let him say all the things that he normally says, and don't overreact. Yeah. Because if you overreact, then we're going to get you into this kind of like um, early dementia, you know, yelling match or you're going to say something that you would regret and i would even argue and to say that i find that it would have been a lot better off if trump did give joe biden more time to actually speak um because then perhaps we would be able to get him to make one of his many gaffes that he's been making on the campaign trail on the limited times that he actually does come out and speak um and i think that would have been very beneficial to trump um, because Trump can hold him his own, he can explain things, um, he can twist certain um, verbiage, you know, he's very good at marketing himself and, you know, speaking well about himself, you know, so his strategy, I think, going into the debate should have been, um, I'm going to let, I'm going to push um, Joe Biden into as many gaffes as I can get him to do. Um, so then the American people can kind of have this lingering question of, is he fit to be the president of the United States? Um, but he didn't do that at all. You know, he just totally kind of made himself look like, you know, 
I'm avoiding all of these questions that I don't like, and I'm just going to use this as a platform to just talk about what I want to talk about. And that comes off as extremely condescending and overbearing. And I really don't know how this is going to play out with independent voters. We well, know the base is going to come out and vote. But again, the purpose of a debate is to get people who are on the fence. Well, you know, you know, the people that's going to support them, they're going to support them regardless, right? Uh, what does, um, what this does is, you know, he made it hard for people right now to defend him um, um, right now because of what he did, you know, still doesn't take away from everything that he have done um, so far, you know, but again, people have to understand he's not a politician, you know, he's not, you know, your average um, politician. So to him, you know, um, this is his strategy, you know, it works in 2016, you know, it works while he was defending all those other candidates. So in his head, he's probably thinking that he's going to work now, but what he's not realizing, we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are suffering. So, you know, I've I seen people that had put Trump sign in front of their houses and they removed it. But they didn't put Biden, they just removed it. So, I don't know if that means that they're gonna vote for Biden, or I don't mean that I don't know if it means that they're just gonna, you know, wait it out, or I don't know if it means that, you know, uh, because Trump did this, they feel afraid they just removed the sign. I don't know what it means, but I did see some people remove their signs after um, um that debate. Mm, very interesting. I mean, maybe that just you know, and, and also what we've been hearing a lot from the debate in general, um from the debate in general is that We've been having people who are just pretty much saying, like, you know, I think this is a complete shit show and I'm just not going to show up to vote this year, you know, because they're just like, I, I really don't know who I'm going to put the trigger on. You know, do I want to put it on someone who's clearly a little bit, you know, getting older in years, um, someone who may have not done anything um, some very significant um, or beneficial to his cause, you know, in 40 plus years in public service? Um, and, you know, and am I going to support Donald Trump, who clearly is kind of like is showing that he has his back up against the wall and just really trying to be as intense as, as he possibly can to get whatever he can to kind of uh, win re-election. Um, so people are coming out. But the question I have for that is, you know, maybe that could be a part of the Trump campaign strategy, right? So maybe it's like, let's just disenfranchise the independent voters enough to where we will just get them to say, we're not going to come out. Um, and vote um, in the hopes that, you know, the major uh, riled up base will come out and that base will be enough to, um, you know, skate the Trump candidacy to the presidency yet again. Um, be a strategy. Well, yeah, you're right. You know, we don't know their strategy. It could be his strategy still, <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, but if you look at the numbers, Biden is not really leading him by that much. Uh, you know, yeah, around the same place that Hillary Clinton um, led him uh, led him in in the polls prior to the election, and yeah, won. all so, right. So. You know, so uh, actually, Hillary Clinton was leading by a lot more 
then Joe Biden is leaving him right now. So, you know, um, I mean, he's, he did a lot better than Hillary Clinton in the polls, you know, where Hillary Clinton um, did not win, now he win. But however, he's not leading as much as Hillary Clinton was leading um, in 2016. So it depends on the polls, because there are certain polls that are really, really good and certain polls that are like, okay. But unlike the major polls that generally do pretty good, pretty well on polling um there it, it was similar it wasn't that much excitement because there wasn't really that much excitement around hillary clinton because she really wasn't a liked candidate so yes in some polls hillary clinton did you know had a very well had a very large lead over um donald trump but then there were also polls that were a little bit more neck and neck which and those are really kind of like the polls that i'm referring to and, and how they relate to the polls now um, with Joe Biden. The the point being that there really wasn't much excitement for Hillary Clinton, and there definitely is no excitement for Joe Biden. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah there's none. You know, right? So, so I'm very interested to see, you know, what this outcome is going to be. Um, there was that guy, and I was just watching this video last night um, on Value Entertainment, um, the Value Entertainment show on YouTube, and he actually ended up interviewing the guy who projected that Donald Trump would be the winner for 2016. Michael Meyer? Uh, Meyer? Uh, maybe that was the guy. I'm not really sure. Um, I should have looked at it a little bit more, but it, he basically he's 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 basically forecasted every presidential election and his model, which is like the 13 ways he has that book, like the 13 steps or 13 keys, I believe, um, to victory or to the White House, the 13 keys to the White House. Um, and basically, if you have, you know, seven or six false falsehoods, then that means that you would lose um, the presidency. So basically, he had this very intricate, um, very intricate system. And, it, and it's apparently been right when using his metrics every single time to forecast the presidency. And he was one of the only ones that actually said that President Donald Trump was going to win in 2016. He's now saying on that value entertainment interview, uh, interview, that Donald Trump will lose this election um, and Joe Biden will win. Um, I'm very interested to see, especially considering that his track record in terms of polling has been extremely well. Um, and I would encourage all of our listeners um, as well as yourself to like, take a look at his book and see the, you know, 13 keys to the white house, I believe it's called. Um, let me see if I can get it like more specifically so I can really um, hold on. Um, 13 keys to the White House. There it goes. That's his name, Alan Lichtman. Okay. Yeah, and it's called The Keys to the White House. Well, you, you know, also someone that always been right is Michael Myers. 
Oh, Michael Moore. Yeah, Moore. <laughs> Michael Myers is like the Freddy and Jason guy. Yeah, right. So yeah, right. He was another one that that knew about the election. He called it as well. Yeah, but he says he thinks that Trump is gonna win again or very yeah. win again. But then this guy, Alan Lickman, you know, with the 13 keys to the White House book, really is um, you know has really had a great track record throughout presidents all the time. He is a Democrat, you know, lifelong Democrat, um, definitely does not support the president at all. Um, and he is saying that um, he said in 2016, he was going to lose a uh, win. And then now he's saying he's going to lose in 2020. So well, I'm very interested to see what that outcome is going to be. Well, I think um, what's his name? Uh, Michael. Um, he's also a Democrat. Uh, but you know, based on his, uh, you know, because I've been following him because you know, uh, I remember you know all his friends and um, the media was making fun of him when he stayed straight up. I know Trump was gonna beat Hillary Clinton. You guys are not really paying attention to the real poll and what's going on other because he actually goes out there um, to do his research. And, you know, based on what he's seeing right now, um, there's not that much going on for Joe Biden because there are places that he's not even show, showing up to. And based with people that he spoke to, they said they're not even going to show up. So, you know, and then think about it. When he, when he did pick his vice president, um, two, three weeks later, the numbers didn't go up. There was nothing. So... I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a really difficult situation here. We really don't know what the situation is going to be, you know, and, and then we have under the guise of everything else, coronavirus. Yeah. And, you know, the voting situation, right? Yeah. Like I got him, I got my mail-in ballot. Um, and you know, I got my mail-in ballot and I was going to, um, and, and I'll send it in, but let's see what happens with this whole thing because people are going to be counting things probably 30 plus, 40 plus, 60 plus days after the election actually takes place. So we're going to have that whole shit show going on, you know, at the same time that we're still trying to figure out who's actually going to come out and show up. You know, and it's just like we know that those strong bases are going to come up, but it's really going to be it seems like it's going to be a battle of the base, you know, who's whose base is going to really come out and the right numbers to really come out and and, and vote against the right candidate and who's going to have those numbers at the end of the day. Well, I understand his concern, uh, you know, because they did ask the question on, on stage. Um, I, I, I understand his concern, you know, with, uh, you know, he's saying that things was already in the garbage with his name on it and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of fear there, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, concern there. And anyone that says, you know, or oh, it's not true to dismiss it, that person is full of themselves, um, you know, because even, you know, even when we have the machine, people were cheating. So now it's going to be even easier 
for people to cheat um, and to keep track of, of all of this, it's not going to be an easy job for anyone to do. So to your point, you know, I think it's going to be more than 60 days later <laughs> before they find out, you know, uh, what really, who's the really um, winner. And can you imagine if they announce the wrong person? Like, let's say, oh, Joe Biden win, and then, you know, more Biden comes in and they will have to be caught. Oh, it was a mistake. It's not him. Like, I don't see this thing ending in a good note. Well, and that's the thing that we have to talk about in connection with this as well. Um, what are each of the candidates, and also too more specifically, what are the bases of each of these candidates going to be doing if their candidate doesn't win? And that is going to be the crucial question to really kind of talk about and see. Because, you know, both sides of the aisle are very riled up. One is riled up because they really love their candidate and they actually really love him and support him wholeheartedly. And that's on the Donald Trump side. The other side is, you know, not really enthusiastic at all about the candidate that's running, but just want to make sure that he's in place because they care the most and support and are loyal or most loyal to their specific liberal values um, that they hold and they're willing to do anything to ensure that those uh, tenants are not um, violated. Um, and both sides are extremely energized. Both sides are like, you know, very easily kind of triggered with the wrong, you know, with the wrong words or the wrong actions. Um, we have organizations now Obviously, Antifa, they're already, you know, in certain uh, factions of Black Lives Matter, you know, already causing this kind of like uh, social unrest things or public or civil unrest things. We have organizations on the right, you know, like, you know, Proud Boys are saying, you know, let's come out and, you know, it's time for us to get a little bit more violent. You know, it's time for us as as um, conservatives to defend ourselves. We can't just keep sitting here and, and, and start talking about it. And they're, you know, calling for things on their end. So and then in between in the mix, you have people from both sides or in, not even on a side kind of like coming up and saying, is this like the Armageddon of our time? You know, is this going to be Civil War II? Um, especially if you have a situation where we're not sure about how the vote turns out. And you have people who are supercharged on both sides wanting to push their agenda through and it doesn't happen. That's so then the question, the real question is, what do you think each side is going to do if their candidate doesn't lose? I mean, it doesn't win. Well, the honest truth, um, I don't think it matter if Donald Trump win. I think they're still going to create chaos, because if you remember in 2016, he went and there was chaos. So um, I don't think, you know, uh, uh, there's nothing that, you know, Joe Biden is going to say that's going to make, you know, them stop doing what they want to do. Uh, I don't think there's nothing the Democrat is going to say that's going to have, you know, make them stop. As a matter of fact, they don't want that already charged them up to go. So, you know, you cannot undo it. And I think 
if Donald Trump lose, yes, he's going to be talking and complaining about it. But his base, I don't think they're going to go out, you know, causing problems. If anything, I think they're going to, you know, prepare to defend themselves if shit comes to their door so they will be able to defend it. But I don't think they're going to go out looking for problems with anyone. If anything, I think they, they will be in, um, more in the, um, the defense side of, um, of the situation. You're saying the right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how about the left? Well, the left is going to go out for blood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Donald Trump wins, they're going to go for blood. So, if, you know, if, if Donald Trump loses, they're still going to try to come for blood, um, you know, in different ways and stuff like that. So, you know, so do you I think it will be enough to spawn a Civil War II, though? I think like are are they gonna get worse than they already are? I don't think I don't think so because Joe Biden already changed his tone right now. Joe Biden says, you know, he's against the riot um doing um doing that debate. Um he said it out clearly, you know, he's not with the debate, uh, I mean with um the violence. Because remember before they were supporting it, but now as they're getting closer, they're backing away from it. So the people that's out there that's acting stupid, if they really think Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, um, Nancy Pelosi, um, Chuck, all these people is gonna, you know, put their life in the line for them, they're stupid. Because the only one that's going to jail and get arrested is gonna be you. They're gonna be chilling. Oh, look how we use those stupid people to do our, our dirty job for us. They're not. Once they win office, they're going to ask everyone to come the hell down. And you're going to have to come down because they're going to mineralize everything and to make sure that they have a successful presidency without any kind of noise, none whatsoever. So in a way, it almost sounds like you're saying if if we have Democrats, then we're going to have law and order. And if we have Donald Trump in office, we're not going to have law and order. Exactly the Democrats I'm... are going to be crazy. Exactly. The liberals are going to be crazy and shit. Exactly what I'm saying. Hmm. You did me with a That's interesting. I mean, that, that brings a whole nother level of nuance to the decision-making process for people. I mean, because that's, that's a key factor or decision factor inside the election. Yeah, and and that scares the crap out of me because then at the same time, if you have people who are in the suburbs, you know, suburban white women, you know, thinking that okay, well, if we just pull the trigger and vote for Joe Biden, then all of this crap that they're putting us through is um, going to stop because the Democrats are going to encourage all of them to stop, and then we're going to get back to some sense of normalcy, and that is a big worry for me because. You know, that's that's a horrible president, that's you a- know, for every future election after this. Yeah. If, if people are allowed to be swayed by the violence, because then if that's the case, that's going to be the new ML. That will be the new strategy for, you know, the Democrats or the Republicans to use. You know, let's just cause chaos and let people, you know, have a little anarchy, mess up some businesses, destroy some property, so that that way we can let them know that we're going to call them off when we take power and we're going to ensure that there's some sense of normalcy. That's like gang fighting mentality. 
And it's a very slippery, dangerous slope if that's what we're reverting ourselves to. And I really hope that that is not the case in this election. Trust me, you know, I've been, I'm very deep into this. Uh, and this, this thing is, you know, is a real concern. Uh, and I, I, and I don't know why they're not talking about it or why they're not seeing it. A lot of people is going to vote for Joe Biden because they're scared. A lot of people are not speaking out in the street because they're scared. A lot of people really support um, Donald Trump. They're just afraid of saying that I support Donald Trump because they're afraid of being attacked. So this is not democracy. You're not living in a democracy world. Right now, you're being forced to accept what's coming. You're being forced to accept, uh, to be manipulated, to vote for someone you really don't want to vote for, but because of fear, you're going to have to vote for that person. So America is not in a good place right now. And the future America, the future that's coming, is going to be worse because that's, like you say, that's going to be the new ammo. They're not going to move from this. This is working for them right now. And they're going to continue this until they get what they want. Uh, if you look at, you know, let's, for example, you, you look at the, the um, Me Too movement, right? If a woman accused, you know, a guy from the right, they're ready to cut his neck um, off without any due process or anything. We have to believe her. She's telling the truth. So therefore, he's guilty. Destroy his whole family, his whole legacy. They don't care. But if a woman accuses someone from the left, oh, she's not trustworthy. She's this, she's that. I'm like, hold up. Whatever happened to you support the women that's come forward, you know, you want to make sure that they get justice and all this, but just to show you, is a double standard. It's not will. These things are put in place to raise money, to fund the candidates that they want to fund, and to have their agenda go through laws. And that's all is there for, nothing else. So think about it, man. That's what's going to come. Either way, that's that's how it's gonna look, and that's how it's gonna, um, you know, become. So we screwed. I mean, it just amazes me though, and and like just the way that they're attacking, right? Because it's like, if you were to listen to everything that they're saying in the liberal media and everything that they're saying in you know the liberal side of of politics. You know, they would basically make Donald Trump out to be like modern day Hitler. He did. And and it, and he, and you just there's no there's no point of reference to even remotely believe that. But the way that they're talking about him is the is exactly what they would consider like a modern day Hitler. <laughs> and it's just insane because it's like, you know, what because then you have to, in a sense, ask yourself, what is Donald Trump doing so much so that they have to just get rid of him so much? You know, they have to just rag on him so much and destroy his image so much. And it's so crucial for them to put some, uh, you know, 
you know, kind of senile, it seems seemingly senile old man and into the office. Like what exactly is he doing or in this case not doing, right? And I can't help but go towards, you know, the bills he's trying to pass with, you know, or the the peace deals he's trying to do in, you know, in the Middle East, bringing back troops. Perhaps he's not giving enough payoffs to, you know, the people the Democrats take care of. Who knows? I mean, it's just insane. You know, I'm just trying to understand the motives here. Well, well, the motive is this, right? Hitler, of, you know, of this age. Well, There's no way to do that. Here's the motive, right? And what you say is 100 percent right. They try to um, put you, um, make him seem like you know he's the new generation um, Hitler. But here's the problem, right? Um, number one, know is that they're not talking about Donald Trump um, bills that he passed and the programs that he put forward. They're only talking about oh, he says racist things. 95 percent of the time, you're asking them, okay, tell me what did he say. Half of them can't even remember what he says. So these are people that been programmed to hate Donald Trump, no matter what other people say, because they cannot go to certain bills or certain law that he passed that make him racist. So that's number one. Number two, right? You look at prison reform, right? Um, I forgot the guy. Um, I think he was a football player that um, helped, you know, that worked with Donald Trump to pass the bill, right? And our chaplain, the Black Caucus, all of them had a, um, you know, uh, that credit for the work that they didn't even do. The person that signed the bill was Donald Trump. So how all those other people that had refused to sit with Donald Trump to talk to him, how are they going to get credit for a bill that he passed to remove uh, people from prison for low crime that they committed? So again, this whole thing, Donald Trump beat them at their own game. Donald Trump used to give them donation. Now Donald Trump said, I'm not giving you donation no more. I'm gonna run the show myself. And Donald Trump showing their true colors. And, and, and another thing, Donald, Donald, Donald Trump is moving money away from their pocket because the, the new defense bill, um, you know, Amazon, they always keep um, uh, on the Barack um, watch. Most of those um, contract was being given to Amazon for the, the U.S. defense team. When Donald Trump got in office, he signed that bill, um, the last bill that Amazon was going for, he signed it to, um, I think, IBM because they wanted to break off IBM. And Donald Trump said, you know, it's not right. All those defense contracts is going to one company IBM been in the field for years and he gave the contract to IBM. So people are not looking into those things. Um, and because they're not looking, so the media gets to play them. So, and that's what's happening. That's crazy. Because, you know, anyone that you talk to, I, I spoke to a woman last week, you know, oh, but we just have to get them out. I said, okay, I agree. We have to get him out. We place him with what? Oh, you know, Joe Biden is just a lot better. Yes, okay, you're a white woman. I understand you have everything you need. But for me, as a black person, I have history with Joe Biden. So he's not offering the black community nothing 
in order for us to vote for him and people just expect me to vote for him. So I'm asking you, why should I vote for Joe Biden? What have he said for me to vote for him? And they cannot come with an answer. So these people are emotionally involved. It's not about policy. It's not about right or wrong. These are little kids you're dealing with and they catch, uh, you know, syndromes if you don't do what they want. And that's basically what it is. And you just have to leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I hear you 5,000%. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. It, it's, it's, it's just so much stuff coming out of here. And it's just like, it's so crazy how they've, you know, essentially wired the entire society, like media, you know, just, and I can't help but go back to this Jeffrey Epstein um, case and everything. Um, there's basically no coverage over this, like, you know, and we see that clearly Bill Clinton was on um, the manifest for going over to this island and nothing, nothing was, 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 was revealed. You know, nothing was, you know, they didn't even bat an eyelash about it in the news media. <laughs> so those no. show how much they have, like even the SDNY, Southern District of New York, you know, that was doing the case, redacted so much information. And I was just watching this with the Candace Owen show. Um, they said that the SDNY redacted so much information and, and it almost seems like as if, you know, and that they're, it's, it seems like a cover up, you know, and they had a lawyer on there on the Candace Owen show. And he says, looking at this, it would seem like it seems like a cover up, you know? So it's just like, it just goes to show you how kind of crazy politics is and how corrupt politics can be, you know, and how these forms of justice are supposed to be here to kind of serve the people or serve us, the citizens. And they can sometimes be a little bit, you know, off-putting, but it just goes to show how deeply entrenched, you know, the Democratic Party and liberal agenda is really entrenched into the society and the major vehicle that runs runs the entire country. And it's it's crazy. It's a little scary at the same time. Because you're like, wow, you know, how do you really fight against this kind of Goliath that has their hand in lit literally everything? You see, and, and, and look how fast for any little thing, they raise money. It takes them a second to raise money. <laughs> yeah, I guess because they pay off the right people or they take care of the right people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, so you look at this whole case, the whole case with Epstein, right? If Donald Trump was really involved, it would have been all over the media. All over the media. Because he's not involved the way they claim that he's involved in the beginning, it, it looks like there's more involvement with Bill Clinton and other people from there. Democrats, yeah. That's what they're on it, you know? Right. So, and, you know, and we know that. So, but there's something else we wanted to talk about. So, you know, I don't want to forget that. Right, of course. Yeah, we're going to, um, so we, we still have plenty of time. Um, the second part we wanted to talk about was Donald Trump being sick. This is a pretty quick one. Um, you know, Melania and Donald Trump, uh, he's since 
you know, putting out the big uh, announcement of having COVID has come out with like two different or three different videos, you know, kind of letting the people know that he's okay. And, you know, they're, you know, they should be recovering and that Melania is doing very well um, and everything else. Um, So not to worry. Um, But on his last video that I saw, you did see that he, he looked a bit sick. So it was a little worrisome. And of course, everybody was talking about how, you know, he has this, you know, the media, see, and this just goes to show you, they, they were so obsessed over the amount of Diet Cokes and fast food he needs. It was like all over the media cycle and the news cycle, um, but nothing else of, of, to the caliber of what we were talking about earlier. Um, so I hope, you know, everything will be okay. It seems like he's obviously in good hands in, in Walter Reed Center um, that takes care of all of the presidential people or, you know, the big people of government. Um, he seems like he's going to be fine. You know, I think it should be all right. Um, was there any thoughts on your end? Because I know there were some people saying, you know, oh, maybe this is a publicity stunt or it's a campaign stunt. But for me, honestly, I couldn't see why that would really help in any way because some people were saying maybe he doesn't want to go to the second debate because he'll have to be quarantined for 14 days but i don't i don't honestly see that that was the case but you know well how do you feel about this whole scenario and also the fact that you know information was coming out that they may have known that the president was um may have been positive for covid um prior to going to new jersey to his event well you know, the conspiracy that, you know, uh, is a cover up so he doesn't go to the second debate is nonsense because he actually wanted more debate. Nancy Pelosi didn't want more debate. So let's put that aside, you know. <laughs> right. You know, not to sleep. <laughs> uh, but, you know, listen, who in America didn't catch COVID-19? I believe... As far as I know, I don't think I've got caught it, but who knows? <laughs> you see, the thing is, I have been fine. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, if I go get tested that I'm not, you know, or I don't have it just because I'm not showing symptoms and stuff like that. So what we have to look at and the way we have to look at it and stuff, just because you have it doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to die from it. Um, doesn't mean that anything's is going to happen to you and stuff like that. You know, this this is something that you cannot control. You could get tested today, you find it tomorrow, someone affects you with it. You can't control it and stuff. And unfortunately, you know, um, the only thing that looked bad for him is the fact that, you know, um, he's been criticizing the mask wearing and stuff, which I'm glad that he had um, doing the debate um, when they questioned him about it. And I love the answer that he gave, which was the right answer. Listen, you have to be responsible. You know, if you're gonna be close to people, you wear your mask. But if you're in a room by yourself, you know, why should you have your mask on? You by yourself in the room. So, and as people driving in their car by themselves, they have their mask on their face. That, that's ridiculous. You understand? People mm-hmm. have to be uh, responsible. People have to be responsible. And you know, uh, and you know, if you feel like you sick or you feel like you may have something, go get yourself tested out. Go 
um, to the doctor, go do whatever you have to do so you do not affect other people um, and stuff like that. And like people like me or people like you that didn't see any sentences and stuff like that. So we think we're good, but in reality, do we really know? We don't. So, you know, um, I don't think that's going to hurt him at all. Right. And I think he'll come back strong from this and, you know, he'll go on to his next debates and his next, you know, and, and do he'll do what he has to do and, and stay strong. But I do have a question. Um, God's grace. Mm -hmm. The next debate, they will put that has a question to attack him saying that, well, you were saying it's not will, it's not will, which we know he had already kept, um, clarified, but they still want to put that in the garbage. Or oh, now that you catch it, you know, you know, what do you say about it? How do you think he should come out of this? Um, I think he should say that, you know, I, I never said that coronavirus was not real. Um, and I think, you know, I, I wanted to ensure that the American people did not, um, you know, go into a panic. Yes. Um, but it, the virus is certainly real. And then just talk about the things that he did to really show and ensure that it was real. You know, I, like he's always done already. You know, he's gotten the, the materials that New York needed. He got the materials that California needed. You know, nobody ran out of masks. Nobody ran out of PPE. You know, he closed down the borders. Um, you know, he, he put things in place and he, he was available. He gave news conferences every day at the height of the, the issue. Um, and, you know, he was being serious about it. Yeah. You know, he, yes, he may have, you know, been a little bit off putting with the mask thing, but then we also know that, you know, the administration decided that it wasn't really, they didn't want all of the masks to be taken away. Um, from the uh, on the front lines healthcare workers, um, so they really were concerned about being able to have enough mask and things of this nature. So there's a bunch of things that you can say to really like smooth that over. I mean, it, but you know, with anything Donald Trump says, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. So you know, yeah. I think he just continues to move on, and then it will be really up to the American people to decide at the voting box. That's going to be the situation. Whatever he say, he's doomed. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's, that's that, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident we'll move away from it. And we've talked so much about Donald Trump already. Um, but let's talk about King face. Um, obviously both of us being on the conservative side of the fence, we've all interacted and seen, you know, King's face and everything that he's done. Um, I'll start off by saying rest in peace to King face. Um, you know, he was an awesome kind of guy, you know, at least from what we were able to see in the media. And, um, you know, I really hope that he rests well and uh, feel a little hurt about it. You know, it's it's very unfortunate. Um, it, he was said to die on Friday um, from kidney disease. Um, but the big story that we kind of want to, you know, talk about a little bit is that, you know, we want to talk about how people have, even while he was on his deathbed, you know, just cooking up some random stories about him also now having HIV and spreading it out to several female partners. Um, there's been a lot going on here. I know I gave you a couple of hashtags to kind of look at and videos and things like that. Um, so what's your opinion on all of that? Well, a lot came out after he passed. 
So, you know, and all these women come out and now they're talking after he passed. So how do a dead man defend himself? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, unless they review, you know, his um, medical record to show that, you know, if he had it. And if he did have it, when did he know about it? And, it, you know, and then based on that, you know, then people could make a, a judgment of, you know, what occurred. But right now, there's a lot of women that's talking, you know, he gave them HIV, he gave them HIV. But as far as the medical record goes, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, and I was looking for it. Um, um, once she sent me that link, I went to look to see if I could see his medical record. I couldn't get it. So I don't know if the medical record stated that he had HIV AIDS um, and that's what he died from. So it's a little bit hard for me to say um, these women are lying or they're telling the truth. And if he did have it, I would love to know when did he know he had it um, and stuff like that uh, in order for me to pass a judgment. But, you know, I have to see the medical um, record. Yeah, and I think it's so kind of premature to do this these kind of things, and it's like, you know, and and a lot of these women are saying, oh, well, I hear other people talking about it, so I wanted to talk about it now, and it's like, I feel like that's the worst time to obviously talk about something, like it's barely, you know, in the ground resting, you know what I mean? It's like he just died on Friday, you know, and it's like, I get it, you have a story, but that would have been perfect for you to break while he was alive, as you mentioned. Um, so it, we can really, you know, ask him questions and, you know, really see what the records were and subpoena the medical records. And then, you know, if it was up to a case, charge him on the case. But to do that right after he dies, when, as you said, he can't defend himself, we have no information uh, corroborating that story you know, through medical records or anything else, I think it's just very disingenuous and very disrespectful to someone who has just passed away. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I think they need to really think about that seriously. And, you know, and they really need to at least give some respect and at least at the very least, let him lie to rest <laughs> and have some time, you know, for his family to grieve. You're talking about... These stories happen. You're talking about getting respect from the people that says, you know... uh <laughs> you know what, let me not say that. <laughs> but listen. But a lot of these people are conservatives, you know, and yeah. like the girl working on a video, she was a conservative Trump supporter as well. So we can't say it's really like this basic liberal politics situation at this time. Well, no, when I'm saying that, you know, what I'm saying is that, you know, why not challenge him when he was out there? running around, talking for Donald Trump, talking for the conservative, why he did not come out while he was still alive? That's the concern that I have. Why, right. why not, you know, bring the... Right, well, right, right while before he can even get, really get buried. Yeah, yeah, you understand? You know, and even if, why not wait until at least a little bit after, you know, the morning phase to... Yeah talk about this and then we can bring up an actual case about this and see what the coroner's results were and things of that nature exactly. or bring it up preferably like you said 
when he was alive to defend himself. Yeah, and then if you waited that long, why could you wait a few more a few more months until the family finished uh Right. So to me, I'm not discrediting these women, you know, but I cannot just jump saying that, oh, I believe all these women, because you know, you guys had chances and opportunity to address the issue while he was alive and let the public know this is what this guy is doing. You guys failed to do so. So as a matter of fact, if he did have it, you claim that he was affected by him and you allowed him to still go around spreading it, you responsible. So yeah. I just don't know how they're going to come out. Oh, I was affected. I was. A you knew you were affected. You knew he had it. You knew he was going around. So now all of the sudden, what? You're not responsible if he does have it? Right, and he slept on that for, for years. And and granted, I mean, if you're looking at the law, I think it's, it's it's not really, you know, forced for someone else to say, it, you know, if they were sexually assaulted or not, because they were sexually assaulted in that case, um, because that is sexually assaulting someone when you're not, you know, being transparent about you having a life-threatening disease, and it could be like manslaughter and things like that. Um so, yeah, technically by law, they're not required to come out and speak. But, yeah, it is an ethical dilemma. It is an ethical issue of if you knew, and, and as you said, and you bring up a very good point, if you sat on this for years knowing that you were infected and knowing that this person is a public person who can be sleeping with so many other people, why was it not your 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 in your prerogative to come out and publicly say something that could, in the hope, save someone else, you know, from being infected. Exactly. And it's tough. It's going to be a very tough situation. The main thing, you know, that I want to think about right now is, like, let's let the man rest in peace and, you know, let's give it some time for people to, to mourn and think about, you know, what they missed from, from King Face. Um, because he has done some very good things for people. He's, you know, he's obviously a very, you know, like anyone, you know, very kind of mixed person. You know, you have good and you have bad. Um, but I think, you know, towards the end of his life, he was really trying hard to push people, you know, in the right direction and give people information that they needed um, and really try to help people um, with the gift of his voice. And um, I think he did a very excellent job. Um, you know, expressing, you know, what things people needed to hear as it relates to the conservative movement um, and how to kind of give people more encouragement to go out and be themselves. And that's something that we certainly have to, you know, credit, you know, to him and the work he's done with Black Sid and, you know, how he's, you know, really gone out to help different people and, um, I think that's what we should have a major focus on right now and not kind of like these, you know, TLC or TNC, whatever it is, you know, TNZ, like, um, you know, paparazzi stories, you know, and, and it's fine. You know, I'm not discrediting the women that, you know, may have been affected if this is the case. And I'm not saying that they have to be lying about it. But what I'm saying is, is that there is a place, a, a proper place in, in in time. And if that was the case, that that happened, as we mentioned, the proper place in time should have been after it happened. 
so that that way other people would not be affected or put in this position. Yep. Um, and, 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 and this is what they need to push on these women. They are just as much as responsible as him. If they're trying to blame him, you they're more responsible than he is. So, uh, you know, with, uh, for this, whatever happened. I mean, like I'm watching videos. It's like, yo, I'm not, I'm not going to watch all these women talk. <laughs> it's like, like a list of them. Yeah, there's a ton of information with it. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> sit and watch all these videos, but I, I did watch a few, and I'm like, you know, I feel sorry. You know, it, it's horrible. But when you listen to their stories, one thing is consistent: all of them knew. Yeah, and all of them claim that they spoke to him about it. So damn. You know, like, like, come on now, people. We have to do better than this. Like, you spoke to him about it. You guys, work whatever you work out, you know, why speak out now? What, do, what is it that you're gaining from it? Like, you know, what purpose does it serve? You know, to me, it would have been worth it for you to say something when he was alive. Right now... He can't say nothing. So, you know, and I don't have his medical record. So as much as I would love to believe the women, I just put it on hold. I don't know. And that's my answer to it. I don't know. Right. And yeah, and that's that's the situation. And I feel like there's no other way to put it. And I think we've adequately talked about it for as much as we can. Um, And, you know, again, you know, rest in peace to King Face. And I pray um, that he does rest in peace and that, you know, we you can move on beyond the situation and see what what happens in, in a lawful way. Um, and that hopefully some light can be shed on this and inspire people to really come forth, you know, at the right time, you know, to protect people against something that's very serious like this. Um, but that is our time for today. Um, we went right along, and obviously Trump took up a large, large portion of it, as per usual. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, I think it was a great conversation. Um, so I would like to thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening to New Black Nation podcast for yet another episode. Um, and as always, you can follow us on social media by putting in our full names, Brandon Wang or Gregory Victorin. Or you can always email us at our New Black Nation podcast email addresses, um, which would be gvictorin, V-I-C-T-O-R-I-N, at mbnusa.com, or bwang at mbnusa.com. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and see you next week. Bye now.